and welcome to this month's episode of our Diversity Inclusion vodcast or podcast addressing the elephant in the room. I'm Lindsay Bridges and during this series I will be exploring DHL's supply chain UK and Ireland's journey on our DNI agenda. We'll be addressing a range of diversity topics through discussions with colleagues from across the DHL supply chain UK and I business. In this episode, I'm thrilled to be talking today to Michelle Moorhead and Christina Jarvis, two transgender colleagues from within our business. Michelle, maybe you can just briefly introduce yourself first. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Michelle Moorhead. Um, I work on our Sainsbury's Argos contract uh, on our site at Firmdale in Darlington, uh, where I'm a first line manager and I've worked here for the last um, 16 years. I'm also a network lead for our LGBTQ plus network, Rainbow Net UK in Ireland. Brilliant. Thank you, Michelle. And Christina, what is it you do for the business? Um, I work as um, an IT manager in our global clinical trials and lead logistics provider solutions for our life sciences customers. So I'm working across lots of different countries, lots of different cultures um, and lots of different customers. Brilliant. Thank you, Christina. So, Michelle, you transitioned a few years ago whilst you were working for DHL. And I can imagine, particularly given the role that you do, that that must have been quite challenging. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, you're right. I mean, I am a first line manager, as I said. Um, so, yeah, I'm very, you know, I'm facing the colleagues all day long. I have a, a big team. I work on a really big site. So, it's, you know, there's near 500 people work on site. And with me being here for quite a long time, uh, 16 years is a long time. Um, they've only known me. So it was hard because, you know, I was hiding away this thing inside that, you know, I knew the truth, but nobody else at work did. So it was, it was, yeah, it was really challenging to do it, especially from, you might know from the accent, I'm from the Northeast as well. So it's, um, it's not the most um, inclusive place, you could say, sometimes. And the culture three or four years ago when I came out was a lot different from as it is now. So it was a challenge to come out at work. And uh, yeah, it was, it, it was scary. Um, it, was, it was a journey in the unknown. Um, but yeah, it's all been worth it. You know, I'm the happiest I've ever been. Um, and things are really good at, in, at work. Uh, you know, everybody's accepted me for who I am. But it was a challenge at the time because there's nobody LGBTQ plus on site at all, or there wasn't. Um, so it was always going to be tough for me to be able to take that leap. Um, and coming out at work was really, really scary. It took a long time. These things just don't happen overnight. It took me months and months and months of getting to that stage where I felt that I was ready to come out at work. Um, coming out at work, like I say, was really tough. Um, but I'm being very lucky with the management team that I work with. Um, we, we handled it really well. We didn't have a lot of work, help from outside at that time. We didn't even know there was a rainbow net back then. Um, so it was uh, it was a bit of a steep learning curve, but working together, we got through it. And I'm just the happiest I've ever been, Lindsay. It's the best decision I ever made. Um, and it was, a, it, it, well, it wasn't a decision. It was life or death at the time. It was something that had to be done. I couldn't keep living the life that I was. It was living a lie. It was, um, you know, up to the point where I came out, I was actually living a double life because I was Michelle away from work. And I always pretend to be him at work. So I, I couldn't lie anymore to myself. Um, but, you know, it's been a heck of a journey, but I'm so pleased that I did it. And I've never been happier than I am now. So tell me about the support 
that you got from your line manager um, at work and from that management team? Because I guess that was quite instrumental in in helping you once you'd made that decision in helping you kind of manage and communicate that. Yeah, I mean, nobody, um, well, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I came out to a good friend of mine, Anne. Um, I've known for 16 years. She's a first line manager like me. Um, and we just, it was a case of everything was building them on top of me. I had to do this. Um, and it was actually the trigger point for me was um, I was best man at my brother's wedding, funny enough. Um, and he's younger than me. So he was getting married and I, I, I did the speech. I, did, I had a really good day. But I went to bed that night and I just thought to myself, look, Lindsay, I'm, 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 I'm living this lie. I can't keep doing this. This has been going on for well, nearly four yet, 40 years by that point. I just cannot live this lie. Um, and not long after that, I went to Leeds Pride as well. And just being at Pride, seeing all the people there, that the, the show of love and support, it just built me the confidence to then come out at work. Um, so I came out at work the following week. I told Anne, um, she was amazing. We both ended up in floods of tears, but she was so, so supportive. Um, it was the case then we went to HR. Um, HR were brilliant. Um, hadn't come across it before, to be honest, um, and they weren't really sure what to do. Um, but then they said, you know, you need to tell um, your line manager, who's my shift manager. Um, so going to see Keith was really tough because we started virtually on the same day. We we're good friends. Um, he's a man's man, um, he, and that was his persona. That's how he was seen. Um, so I'm going to tell him uh, one late shift um, in, in it was in November. It was raining. It was horrible outside, and I'll never forget it because you know I'm going to see him, and um, I sat there, and it, he literally he knew there was something wrong, but he just didn't know what it was. Um, and I knew once I took that leap of faith and, and told him what it was, there was no putting that genie back in the box. I couldn't. I couldn't you know, go back. So that was the really scary point for me. But telling him, you know, he was fantastic. We both ended up in floods of tears um, and he was fantastic. And and the next nine months of was then building up to actually coming out of work. It sounds like you've had a, a lot of support around you from the, within the business, which is great to hear. So, Christina, um, you've, you've come out at work pretty recently. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I came out earlier this year. Um, I've worked for the company for 30 years and I've been doing largely probably for the last 20 years um, roles that mean I'm working across multiple countries. Um, and I've been aware of that I've been trans for, for quite a period of time. And um, I've really been living as myself away from work for, for a considerable period of time and, and, and didn't make much effort to... Uh, to kind of cover it up, but still ran, ran by my old name. And I think increasingly people were becoming aware um, that I was trans and just being polite around me. Um, and I just reached the point where it was becoming too painful to um, constantly be uh, using my old name and, and having to kind of pretend that way. And it was it was very, very clear that people around me were aware. Um, and during lockdown, I think it, uh, it, it kind of emphasised all of that. And I just decided that I needed to be myself all the time rather than um, be putting on a mask when I was coming to work, especially as it was a mask that wasn't covering very much up, to be honest. Um, and I started coming out to colleagues probably about a year before I decided to formally do it with with 
um, HR and with my line manager. Um, and all of my colleagues were really supportive. And at the same time, I was getting involved in the uh, in the diversity and inclusion agenda for DHL UK and Ireland. And I think that gave me a lot more confidence that I would be okay. Because um, I think you have a lot of fears that things are going to go badly and it's going to impact your career. And when I came out to my line manager, he'd already got a very good idea as to, you know, that was the fact. He'd been working with me for quite a while uh, and was very supportive. And I got lots of support through, um, you know, both the senior teams within IT and also the wider HR community and, you know, my colleagues around me. Um, and I decided after I'd been effectively living as myself at work as well, but not having done things like change my name at work and and that, that we would make an announcement. And, and I was quite um, nervous about it, to be honest, because, you know, I work with people um, from North America, from all over Europe, and a number of people in Asia Pacific. Um, and there's lots of different cultures and lots of different attitudes around that. So, you know, I obviously had a concern, for example, that one of my main customers is based in the US. Um, and there's a lot of noise around, you know, trans rights and, um, and that being seen somehow as an issue. Um, so I was worried that that American client, I may have problems at their end. And likewise, I also work with um, a number of colleagues um, in, uh, sorry, a number of customers in Switzerland. Um, and the issue could also be, you know, that's a different cultural area. And I had lots of support from the customers. I had senior members of my customers team contacting me and saying, let me know if you have any problems with any of uh, my staff. I want to know about it. We fully support you. And that was quite a surprise. I was expecting it to be difficult. I was expecting there to be conversations where um, people were finding it really awkward. And I've been really lucky with all the support from, from DHL and my direct colleagues and all the support from um, my customers, I've been able to move over to just being myself and being accepted and and just kind of working through that with colleagues and, and helping them to understand, you know, what it means to be trans and what they can do to support. And generally, you know, kind of six months later, it's pretty much a non-issue day to day. I'm just me. I get on. And to kind of um, shadow what Michelle was saying, you know, really happy. My level of stress has gone down dramatically um, because I'm stressed about working for, you know, doing my work and normal family things. But I'm not stressed around, you know, the fact that, you know, I need to exist and I need to be myself. And that was really important in terms of being happy and being able to bring my real self to work. Thank you for sharing that, Christina. And it's great to hear the experience um, of support you had from customers as well as from our own DHL colleagues and across across the world. Um, Michelle, going back to you for a moment, uh, you talked a little bit about how you got a lot of support from your line manager and, and your um, your HR team. But can you just tell us what was it like when you actually communicated to your your team, your colleagues in the warehouse? Yeah, um, well, obviously, like I said, Lindsay, before it was a case of I knew I was and, and you know, and I was it was very awkward because, you know, I go to managers meetings and, for instance, you come in after the weekend and people will be saying, you know, what did you do the weekend? And they'll be saying, well, I went to football, I went to pub, and I did this and I did that, where I would clam up because I'd be scared that people found out who I was. Because um, it'd be, you know, I'd been out and I'd been with Michelle, but I, I was terrified anyone would find out. It was, it was absolutely petrifying because I was frightened people would find out about me. I'd lose my job, you know, and, and and everything else. And and I was on social media as well, so I was frightened someone was going to see me Facebook things like that. Um, so I remember 
it was the day before I actually went to work. So I went down to Wales for a, for a week. Um, so I was sat in the house um, and it was two minutes to nine. And I knew they were going to have a manager's meeting at that time. And the colleagues were going to be told, well, the management team were going to be told first. And then the colleagues were going to be told after that. I knew what they were going to say. We had all the briefings ready, everything else. Um, so sitting there was uh, kind of nerve wracking, waiting for that first message to come through. You know, how are people going to take it? Are they going to think I'm some sort of weirdo? Um, and not going to speak to me again. Um, you know, it, all these things go through your head. It was it was really terrifying. Um, so then to um, a minute past nine, the first message came through. And honestly, Lindsay, it was fantastic. It was from Mike Harrison of over 16 years. And he was beyond helpful. He, he was, you know, he, he even apologized and said, look, I'm so sorry that I didn't know. Because if I had known, I would have helped you. So to get messages through like that was just beyond belief. And then that was it all day. I got messages all day from everybody I know saying, you know, you, you're really brave. We can't wait to meet Michelle. It was brilliant. Um, but then obviously come the next week and then more to your point, because I do sidetrack a little, I know. <laughs> uh, but getting back to, you know, coming to work that first day, um, honestly, I was ready. Um, I, I was on early shift that day and um, coming into work, my manager said to me, you know, because I normally start at six, do you want to start at seven? And I was like, no, I want to get this done. I just want to get in and I want people to see me for who I really am. So I remember walking in that day. Typically, the other shift were late finishing off. So they were all working away as I'm working, uh, walking down, uh, waiting to go in. Uh, but me, me shift manager came out the car park and he just said to me, you look, you look lovely, Michelle, and you're going to smash this. And being able to walk into work um, with uh, side by side with him, and of course all eyes were on me. But Lindsay, I was so ready to do this, and it was, you know, it, it took all that time to get to that position, and to get in, and then, you know, to as part of my role, we do PD briefs. So, you know, it was a case of, do you want to miss the PD brief today? And I was like, no, I want to do the PD brief. I want to speak to the colleagues, and I, I stood there. We did all the day-to-day -day stuff. And then I think I spent about 15, 20 minutes then just explaining my journey to them, what I've been through, why I felt that I had to do this, why I was me, and a lot about them as well. You know, how to speak to me. I'm still me. Um, if you, if you, whatever we talked about before and that relationship we had before, we've still got that relationship. I haven't changed. I'm still the same person. I'm just going to be a lot happier and you're going to notice a big smile on my face. I've just changed the wrapper. That's it. I'm still the person I was. Um, some of the colleagues did feel awkward. They didn't know what to say to me. A lot of people were worried about pronouns as well, um, which, you know, I've been here a long time, so I have to accept that people are going to get things wrong. Um, they still get things wrong now, but it's not intentional. So a couple of colleagues felt awkward. So it was just a case of speaking to them one-to-one, -one, Lindsay, um, you know, explaining and saying, look, there was one guy in particular. He, was, he said, I don't know what to say to you, Michelle. I said, look, just treat me as me. I'm no different. You know, I'm, I'm the same person. So that was the best way I found to do it, is to tackle these things head on. Mm -hmm. And if somebody did feel awkward, just go to one side and, you know, speak to them. And it's just built from there. I mean, it, it as things do, one day led to two days, then a week, then a month. And then it just becomes completely normal. And we're at the point where nobody cares now. Um, and that's all I ever wanted, Lindsay, is just be taken from Michelle, the person I am. I am because that is who I am. And it, it just feels so refreshing. And the weight off my shoulders when... I did take that day, uh, that plunge and, and went for it. And it's just made such a difference to my life. And, and it's just been amazing. And I, if any colleagues out there are doubting themselves, you know, 
you have to be yourself. Life's short, Lindsay, it really is, and you, and you have to do this. And you shouldn't be afraid to hide yourself away. Everybody deserves to be their true selves. Everybody deserves happiness in their lives. And you have to grab it with both hands and you have to do it. And, you know, it is, I always say about my transition, it's the most selfish thing I ever did because I didn't do it for anybody else. I had to do this for me um, because I was just driving myself insane. Um, but if anyone is wanting to be themselves, you know, you, you've got to do it. I think that's great advice for, for anyone else, uh, Michelle, who, who might be thinking about this and might be worried about it. And, and clearly your story, from a work perspective at least, is, is a very positive one. Christina, from the perspective of a line manager, you know, what, would, what advice would you give a line manager who has a colleague who comes to them to say, you know, I'm trans and I, and I need your support? What, what would you recommend a line manager should do? I think one of the first things they should do is they should listen. Um, and make sure they do that without judgment and remember that the person is a person. Um, they're not a, uh, a label and they're not a thing. They're a real person at the other end, um, same as, same as um, they are. Um, I think the other thing to do is to, is to find out and to get educated and look at how you can support um, the person that's sitting opposite you, and what you can do. So finding out what support work can provide, looking for people like myself and Michelle who may be able to provide some advice and support to the individual and get in touch with our um, LGBTQ network, Rainbow Net. Um, and I also think, you know, get take an opportunity to educate yourself. There's some really good resources out there from various organisations like the LGBT Foundation and Stonewall that can give you some information around that. And I think then take it at that person's speed. It's not about a big bang. It's not about having to rush through these things. Um, it took me over a year to kind of telling people individually and then I chose the way that I wanted to come out so you know I work remotely a lot of the time especially with lockdown a lot of what I do is on video calls so you know I made a little video which was uh, played to the senior IT team which gave me a bit more confidence and allowed me to be able to kind of talk afterwards and not worry about almost fluffing my lines when I told people about myself and then the way I chose to do it was was different to Michelle so um, for me I wrote uh, a, a kind of hello world type letter um, working in IT that kind of went down well because that's a well-known coding uh, uh, an approach and I, I went through and I told all of the people that I worked with and all the people I cared about at work directly before the announcement went out so it didn't come as a surprise to people that were around me and knew me and then I did a big announcement and a bit like Michelle, you know, I was absolutely blown away. I didn't go away for a week. I had a day off to do some uh, move my, my daughter out of university and I came back thinking, oh, no messages. And I was completely overwhelmed. I had, you know, kind of getting on for 200 messages of support from people. And, you know, you think it's going to be terrible. You think it's going to affect your career. And, and being in a, a company like DHL that takes diversity and inclusion seriously and the information being available for line managers and the support being available through the HR um, lines is really, really important because then that helps you to do it at the person's pace and in an appropriate way, um, allowing you to be you know, sensitive to what they want to do and how they want to approach it. But also, you know, allowing you to understand about it, which allows you to empathise with that individual 
it is really a scary thing to do. You know, it's it's a significant thing in your personal life and it's equally significant in what you're doing from a, a work perspective. You know, that you hear an awful lot about people who are uh, really struggle at work after they come out and it becomes a real challenge for them. And you can, you know, you hear that noise. And what we need to do as a business is send a positive message that we are inclusive and, you know, it's really important that we support people's diversities so that they can be the best selves at work. So, you know, I suppose the message to the manager is to kind of listen and to learn and to support so that you can get your colleague to the place they need to be so they can be successful at work and help DHL to be successful. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I mean, and in addition to education piece, uh, what I other what else I heard you say was um, a little bit about taking it at the pace of the individual in terms of how they want to progress slowly or quickly and, and recognising that this can take quite a long time. I think that's come out clearly from you both. So what I've heard is some fantastic stories, some true courage from both of you, I would like to say, because I can't imagine how difficult it is. I, I know I can't imagine what it must be like to live a, a double life and, and what courage you've both shown to, to step through that and be able to be confident and comfortable being your true selves at work. And I think, you know, from what I hear from you both, much, much happier in that. So I'm, I'm really pleased to hear that you've been able to do that and hopefully inspire others to do the same and some great support and advice for managers and I would say colleagues as well in terms of education, uh, something I've done a little bit of in the last year and I've I've talked to you a little bit as well, Christina, recently in terms of what else we can do to support and I think that's important from a, from a senior leadership perspective to continue to educate and think about what support the business can offer. So what I'd like to do now is just get a, a short closing message from each of you just uh, in terms of, uh, of what you'd like to say. So Michelle, What's your, your short closing message for our listeners today? I would say, you know, to our listeners, you know, be yourself. Um, don't live a lie. Um, life is far too short. We're only here once and we only pass by very, very quickly. And it's a case of, you know, I wasted nearly 40 years of mine not being my true self. Everything happens for a reason, of course. But I would say, you know, listen, not so much to your head because, you know, we all worry, we panic that, you know, you're going to lose your job, you're going to lose your family, you're going to lose everything and everybody's going to abandon you. It's not the truth. Uh, the truth is, you know, that it, it can be a lot different. There is a lot more support out there these days. Support is growing. We, we've got a brilliant network here at DHL um, and a brilliant network of people as well just that want, want to understand people are not going to set out to make you feel uh, like you, you're awkward or you're not, or you're strange or... Most people genuinely want to help. Um, and to our colleagues that, you know, that may be feeling the same as me and Christina, it's just follow your heart. Don't listen to your head as much. Just follow your heart. Life is short. And grab every opportunity that comes along because, you know, you don't want to live with regrets. I never live with regrets. Mm -hmm. I never used to look at the future, Lindsay. And now I look forward to the future because that future is my true self. So be your true selves. And if you need that support, reach out, speak to people because it is the best thing you can do. I've found that it's, it's, it's the best way we can do. Brilliant. Thank you, Michelle. That's some great messages for, for DHL colleagues in terms of internally and, you know, for anyone listening in terms of being yourself, life's too short. And Christina, your, uh, your closing message? 
I mean, I'd, I'd mirror a lot of the things that Michelle said. I think I think the other thing outside of, you know, our trans colleagues, some of whom may be out, some of whom may not be, you know, is, you know, don't be scared of, you know, being yourself. Um, I, as we've both described, we're a lot happier in, in our lives being that. And, and it, although it's scary and you have to take a jump, you know, there is support available. And what I'd kind of say to our colleagues who aren't transgender, you know, who, who maybe don't understand this and may find it a bit of a challenge is, you know, it's not something to be scared of. And really one of the one of the kind of myths is that people will get deeply upset if you accidentally use um, somebody's old name or if you get their pronouns wrong. And genuinely, that is really a myth. Um, Every day somebody accidentally uses, you know, the wrong pronoun for me. And I don't mind. It's, you know, it's just part of general pieces. I've got um, lesbian friends who are more masculine, who regularly get called sir and he. It's not a big deal. It's much more of a deal in your head. So, you know, don't worry about accidentally misgendering somebody. Um, don't worry about accidentally getting somebody's name wrong. You know, if you feel you have to apologize, move on. Don't do it. You know, aim not to do it again. But it's not a great big thing. And and the main thing I would say is, you know, talk to uh, trans colleagues and, and, you know, other colleagues in the LGBT community. And I would say educate yourself. Try and find out a bit more. Look at some reputable resources, like I mentioned previously, and and try and find out what you can do to be supportive. Um, you know, it's not a difficult thing to be an ally and to be supportive of, of the community. Um, and, you know, I hope some of our colleagues will listen to this and hopefully we'll be able to find time to do that. Like I say, don't be scared to offend because that's not really uh, a big issue for the trans community. Thank you, Christina. And if I just reflect back then, I mean, some incredible stories, as I said, from both of you. I think you've both shown immense courage and bravery in terms of being willing to, to be your true selves at work and at work and being able to do that. Um, what I heard and what I took away was, you know, um, be yourself at work, bring your true self to work, be honest with yourself and those around you um, and not to be scared to do that. I heard a lot of inspiration around support being out there, which I think is brilliant to hear. And for, for others outside of the trans community, I heard some messages about how to be a better ally, to educate yourself, not to be too scared to get it wrong, and actually just to, to learn and, and to be curious and to, uh, to work with people as they are, as they bring themselves to work. So thank you both very much for sharing that today. I really enjoyed that discussion. and. Um, that's it for today, folks. Thank you for listening. Watch out for our next episode. Next time, I will be tackling the subject of disability. And as ever, you can watch us on YouTube or you can listen to us on Spotify or iTunes. Thank you very much.